Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 45 of Forever Strength. I'm Andrew Coates, and I've got Bailey Lau here with me. And we've got another episode where we're going to go over one of the topics that our people keep asking us about. And we've got some questions about protein, uh, like uh, uh, nutrition, I suppose, but specifically protein in the context of how much you need for lifting. So as always, Bailey's going to define what protein is. Yeah, so protein is a macronutrient, uh, one of three. The other two are your fats and your carbohydrates. It is made up of amino acids, which is what it's broken down into once it gets into the body, dietary proteins. Um, and then that's how it's used. So a little bit more on macronutrients. Um, it's four kilocalories per gram for protein, carbs as well. And then for fats, it's nine kilocalories per gram, which just means that fat holds more energy for your body to use. Um, and yeah, it replenishes your, your ATP, which is the energy that your body uses. Um, and you can make glucose, which is used to make ATP, um, from dietary proteins and triglycerides, which is, you know, uh, how fats are broken down into what fats are broken down into. Um, but that would be after carbs. Mm -hmm. So carbs is the easiest macronutrient for your body to break down and use. Um, but it's not necessarily most important for, for muscle, muscle protein synthesis. Mm. A couple of important details in there because everybody listening, Bailey said kilocalories and everybody's like, what the hell is that? Basically when we say calories, technically that actually is kilocalories. So for our intents and purposes, we just mean calories every day, every day layman's language. It still means the same thing as calories. And there's something important in here too. I mean, calories are the most essential thing when it comes to your body mass, whether you gain or lose, but it is worthwhile knowing that it is extremely hard to overconsume a ton of protein. It's actually really filling. There's, there's more to it than this to the point where you consume so much of it that it readily concerns can, converts into body fat. It really effectively doesn't work very well to eat a ton of protein and overconsume it to the point where you will gain body fat. I just want to make sure that's really clear. So that way people aren't necessarily fearful of it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I'd you want to get into the definitions of things like hypertrophy and strength? Yeah. Um, so hypertroph hypertrophy, as we've said many times before on this podcast, um, it's just increasing the cross-sectional area of your muscle, which just means bigger muscles um, and strength. We've gone over this. Um, it's just being able to have more force output from the muscles, mm -hmm. right? So in terms of hypertrophy, we need those amino acids from the dietary protein um, in order to go through that process of muscle protein synthesis. So it comes into your body as protein. Uh, think something like chicken breast, right? Broken down in your stomach, absorbed through your intestines um, as amino acids, moves through the bloodstream and then gets to those tissues that need building, uh, which is where that that thing about make sure you get enough protein and carbs right after your workout thing came from, um, which is not something that someone would need to focus on as long as you're getting enough protein throughout the day. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so for... A normal, a normal person, especially for lifting, you'd want 1.8 to 2 grams of protein per one kilo. Or 
sorry, other way around, <laughs> or two kilogram. I'm just going to say it in grams for pounds. So one gram per one pound of body weight, uh, yeah. and that's lean body mass. Yeah. And this one comes up a lot. And I find talking in terms of pounds is simple, even though technically we're Canadians, everything's supposed to be in the metric system and Americans will do anything but, you know, yeah. any, anything but the, uh, the metric system. We as Canadians, we tend to still think of like height in terms of feet and inches, and we still tend to think of weight in terms of, of pounds. So yeah, as you mm -hmm. said, one gram of protein per lean pound of body mass. So that means just taking a rough, approximation of what your body fat percentage is subtracting it from your total weight now for really lean individuals i'll often just simplify and say well let's just round it up to your body weight especially i find for guys especially if people have no trouble eating more no problem for people who have a lot of trouble eating just try to get close and it's really important to understand even for lean women women have a higher body fat percentage than men normally right and that has to do with human physiology where body fat is stored on the on your body literally and women on average simply have more and it has a lot to do with uh, reproductive function right mm -hmm. so you know just knowing that so women on average you may not necessarily need to eat as much as you think in terms of protein for normal healthy functioning uh, there's research always exists on a bell curve there i mean as individuals go there's more variance but there really isn't strong evidence to suggest that there's any muscle building benefit to consuming more protein than that. Just, the research isn't there. There's also no research to support that there's anything dangerous or unhealthy about consuming more protein than that amount. Um, I know one of the researchers personally, and they've done work on upwards of four grams per pound of body weight consumed. That's really hard to do. The people in the study, the protein shake, and they were like bagging off. They, 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 it was terrible. And in healthy individuals with healthy kidney function, we'll talk about this, there absolutely was no risk or problems with consuming that much protein. If you've got compromised kidney function, you need to be talking to your doctor about it. There's definitely something there. But the old myth that consuming a lot of protein will harm your kidneys is complete nonsense. So don't fear that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not great with the research on this, but I am of the understanding that as we get older, our ability to absorb and utilize all the protein we consume is slightly reduced. So for older individuals, there's definitely a suggestion that maybe consuming a little more protein could be valuable. And if you are highly active, if you're lifting weights, you know, you require more protein as fuel. I mean, I would still, in any of those situations, I would be biasing towards the higher end of this versus trying to just get the sort of bare minimum. It's not pass fail. If you're not getting one gram, one lean, one gram per pound of lean body mass. God, we are screwing this one up. <laughs> um, it's, it's a tongue twister. Uh, and if you're just shy of that, it's not a fail. It's actually, you're doing super awesome. Okay. You, you can survive and live and function on way less than that. This is just optimal for, for muscle growth, but I would try to be at that upper limit. If you were any of those categories, especially if you're very active doing a lot of resistance training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Another thing I wanted to touch on is energy balance. Um, so for people that aren't getting enough food, um, that would mean that your body is utilizing first would go through fat stores. Um, if your body fat percentage is low, it starts to shut things down. Um, so it usually starts with your reproductive system. Um, but then it starts to take from your muscles, right. In order to fuel the body for movement. So you just want to be aware of that kind of stuff. Um, if you're getting enough protein, very unlikely that you're not getting enough food in general. 
And this is also where resistance training comes in. If you are resistance training, your body, you're going to be creating a demand for the repair and the maintenance of those muscles. Mm -hmm. If you are not resistance training, then in a calorie deficit, the body's going to say, well, we don't need this extra muscle. And it will start to basically atrophy it. So yeah. really important in fat loss phases, you're training hard. Yeah. Usually we don't talk about fat loss a whole lot. Um, but a lot of people, when they're going to get lean, you know, they might, we, we talked about the bulking and, and the mm -hmm. cutting. Uh, but yeah, so during even a fat loss or during maintenance, you still need to be getting enough protein. Um, and there's evidence that shows that if you're getting enough protein, there's less likely that you're going to be losing that muscle mass during fat loss phases. Um, but that also means that you have to be lifting weights. So they go together. Um, and also for usually when someone's going through a diet, you know, they're hungry all the time. Um, energy, the, the energy that's used to break down protein is a little bit higher than the other two macronutrients. Um, and it's also very satiating, which just means that it, it, you feel full after you're eating it. Um, so it would be really beneficial for someone, especially if they're feeling hungry during a diet fat loss phase, um, for them to be eating enough protein, at least enough protein. There's lots of good research on this. I mean, whey protein, really good research that keeps pointing to, you know, including whey protein in your nutrition, um, definitely is an asset to, to fat loss as a whole. Right? Do you, I think you had some more stuff ready to cite there. Oh, yeah. Um, just something I found from a study. There's evidence that a relatively high protein intake, approximately 30% of energy intake, will reduce lean mass loss relative to a lower protein intake, which is about 15% of your energy intake during energy restriction. Mm -hmm. um, so just fancy, fancy words to say what I just said about getting enough protein in your diet will help with um, reducing the amount of muscle loss that happens when you're doing uh, a cut. I'm going to give people, this is totally off topic on protein, but something else that's really satiating, really filling, it literally scores the highest out of any food is potatoes. And we're not talking like fried like, chips or, or fries. We're talking about like a good baked potato. And again, we got to kind of manage it, how much butter and other stuff you put on it. But if you, if you're in a fat loss phase and you're thinking, oh, I can't have carbs, like, oh, a potato. No, literally, these are the most filling things you could possibly eat. Yeah. So actually start eating potatoes. They work. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Um, what are your thoughts on supplementation? Supplementation, I mean, of course, we always say try to get it from your diet first through whole foods. Um, but it is it's a struggle to get enough protein in during the day, um, especially if you're lifting and you need more, you know, up to that more than one gram per body weight, um, per, per pound, sorry. Um, so you can start supplementing with things like protein powders. Um, usually I would recommend finding a protein powder and you actually look at what else is in there. Mm -hmm. So you want to have something that's, I mean, unless it's vegan, cause usually if it's vegan, it's lower, but things in whey protein should be 20 to 27 grams per scoop mm -hmm. of protein, um, which is really nice. Really good. And there's other stuff out there. We'll see supplements like BCAAs uh, and essential amino acids. And there's a lot of research on this stuff. If you are not consuming optimal protein every day, then there's demonstrated benefit to things like BCAAs. But the, if you are getting less than the protein you need per day, get more protein. BCAAs 
are they're expensive. And there is no research to support that once you're getting optimal protein every day, additional BCAA or any amino acid supplementation, nothing supports further supplementation. There simply is no benefit to it. So I'd be careful with the marketing of that stuff. Be careful what people working in a supplement store will tell you. Um, these things aren't magic. They're quite expensive. I mean, you and I probably agree on this, that creatine monohydrate and protein powder are probably the two main supplements that we like. I think it's worth talking to your doctor and looking at your vitamin D intake, things like omega-3. And I mean, caffeine supplementation and timing, as long as you're really smart about it, you know, that that one definitely works in certain contexts. I mean, it can mess with your sleep too, but that's beyond the point of this one. But I personally don't encourage my clients to spend their money on things like branch chain amino acids. So okay. unless well, you just, you, no, you go ahead. Um, if you think about what we just said at the beginning, that protein it, dietary protein breaks down into amino acids. And if you're getting enough, why would you need the amino acids? Right. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of people saying, especially influencers on the internet that have some sort of connection with supplement companies. Um, they were saying that, oh, it helps you recover. It helps you do all this. Yes, because the protein breaks down into amino acids and it helps build the muscle. So if you're, again, if you're eating enough protein, it's, it's like, what's the point? Absolutely. So if you think about the science, it's, it's just somewhat redundant. There's another dimension to protein that's worth mentioning as well. And that is the concept of essential amino acids. Uh, the body can synthesize a number. And it's funny, I always screw this number up. I should know this. But then there is a number, and you probably know better than me, of essential amino acids that the body cannot synthesize. So those amino acids have to be found in our diet. And this is what matters, not the number of them. Animal sources of protein are what are called complete sources of protein. So this language is important. You ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, do need to eat through an essentially an entire meal or through your day, complete sources of protein. It does not mean that, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan, like, oh, you guys are hooped. No, you have to switch animal products. That's not what we're saying. In, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you would need to, to optimize your protein intake. You would need to combine different sources of vegan protein and in all, all virtually all vegetarian sources of protein, I think with the exceptions of the quinoa and probably soy, um, are incomplete sources. So therefore there's one or more of those essential amino acids missing, but they vary based on the type of plant-based food. So you can, again, you put beans with rice. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that combination ends up being complete. Now it's not exactly the same as, you know, having a steak or a chicken. So there's a little bit of math that goes into it to make sure you're getting enough protein. And also there's a lot of carbs with those things. So in order to meet your protein, goals, it can mean a higher carb intake. So there's some maneuvering there. And, and there is a challenge of getting enough protein if you are, especially if you're strictly vegan. And that's why things like vegan sources of protein, like vegan protein powders can be really valuable or, or very high. Um, and it's beyond the scope of this to give a whole list of, of vegan sources of protein, but, um, you know, try to maximize your protein intake and combine your sources of protein for everybody else. Um, my recommendation is generally to find one, again, a, a complete source of protein to build your meal around. So most people, uh, you know, except for the vegans, you're probably going to have some sort of animal source. And whether that is eggs or fish or chicken or beef, uh, whey protein works fine, Greek yogurt, et cetera, dairy-based stuff, all good. But yeah, you're just looking for complete protein. Yeah. I just wanted to 
touch on marketing a little bit for the supplementing. Um, again, you have to be careful. You have to look at all of what's in there. And I know people think, oh, protein bars, these are so good for me. Those have a lot of sugar in them, like at least protein powders. Um, if it's a whey protein, there's less things in there. You can get really good um, brands that make that kind of stuff. So there's less all that extra stuff in there. But for protein bars, a lot of them, they add a bunch of stuff to make it taste good. Right. You know, so um, go ahead. you can also get sugar alcohols too, right? So we have a lot of different artificial sweeteners. Now that is a contentious topic. Some people don't like hearing about it. <laughs> There's a lot of research there. I mean, I certainly have the attitude. Let's, let's say the person who drinks four Cokes a day. And if we can get that person over to four diet Cokes, they're going to dramatically reduce their calorie intake. And there's a lot of fear and concern over artificial sweeteners. Yes, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have someone consuming that much diet drinks either. But the net win for their long-term health is still to get them off of that many calories in liquid form, right? That's a win. And then we can gradually work on getting them to reduce that. So with sugar alcohols, sometimes certain people are intolerant to those sugar alcohols and they can cause bloat, uh, digestive issues, what have you. You'd have to know your individual digestion. And some of those just simply may not work very well for you. So just be mindful of that too. What are some of your favorite pr protein sources, like convenient protein sources for people, especially if they're, you know, in a hurry, they need snacks. They need snacks. Um, I am intolerant to whey protein. Mm -hmm. So I really like the diesel isolate. I think it's the isolate protein. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that one's, I mean, it tastes good. I'm, I'm a pretty plain eater. I like vanilla. So that's the only thing that I get. Um, I use, I eat protein bars. Um, I like the MRE brand. It's mm. good. Um, Skier, because again, I'm not tolerant to lactose. Skier is, is a yogurt, but it doesn't have lactose in it. Mm. Uh, or some of them do. You have to be careful about that. But um, Skier is really good. Um, those are Those are kind of the main ones that I... And skier is basically just like, it's almost like Icelandic Greek yogurt, essentially very, very similar. So one of my go-tos again for, for clients, Greek yogurt is often really good. Low fat cottage cheese is a really good one. Jerky. And people have this idea, ooh, jerky is not good for you. Actually, well, especially if it's fairly lean, it's high protein. Sure, there may be more sodium in it. You're mindful of your sodium intake, but sodium is not the demon that people think it is. You know, if, if you got blood pressure stuff, talk to your doctor, of course. But uh, jerky is actually a really convenient one. I like grenade bars. Uh, they're pretty good. So there's another type of protein bar. Uh, I do personally use a lot of whey protein. Um, it, it helps top up my day. I'm a big human, so I definitely need a lot of protein intake. And oftentimes it's getting outside of the rigid thinking that ooh, eggs are only a breakfast food. There's plenty of time where, especially around travel, where I'm coming home, I don't have meals prepared. They're not sitting in the fridge for days and I need to cook something. And my breakfast every day is four scrambled eggs and it's a bowl of oatmeal in the microwave. And I put a half a scoop of flavored protein powder in there. And guess what? That works for a meal any day. And it's super quick to do. So I can put four eggs on the stove real quick. It's done in under 10 minutes microwave, boom, and I'm eating. And that's a pretty high protein meal, especially the combination one, or the other, but both is super high protein. So just thinking about, okay, just breakfast food for dinner. It works. Yeah. Good. I think that's a pretty good breakdown. Any other parting thoughts? Nope.
Good. All right. Um, guys, you, if you're listening to this, we still have registration open for Forever Strength. We're going to be closing it soon and starting this round. Uh, if you're interested, let us know. And we're going to hopefully bring some uh, some guests on in the near future for some awesome episodes. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.